Hi guys, this is Vitas. Hadusha. Uh, let's start episode 156 of Ask Vitas and Osha podcast. Uh, this question was sent by Monty. And he writes, Maybe one day you could create a course revealing how you decide the articulate legato fingering for the Bach scores that you recently made available. It's kind of mysterious. The Richie and Stoffer book has a lot on this, but having you explain and demonstrate adds a lot of value. Well, that's an interesting question, right, Osha? Yes, it is. Uh, we have uh, talked a lot about uh, the principles behind uh, early music fingering, uh, but we haven't uh, uh, created a step-by-step course on it, right? Like, uh, for example, what Monty probably means is that the camera would point uh, somewhere uh, from our shoulder, right? And as we are playing it, uh, the score of early music, or let's say in this case Bach music, uh, the camera would point uh, to our hands, right? And then, as we're playing, we should probably uh, demonstrate and explain the choices of the fingering we're making. Well, yes, and I would like actually to to separate these, you know, things. You are talking about Bach's early music. I would not call Bach's music early, and I would not use fingering in Bach music as for example I use when I play let's say really early pieces like pieces from Robert's Bridge Codex or you know Codex Fianza or really early stuff because Bach's music is already such a complex music that you cannot sort of use only early fingering for example, in many cases you have to use the thumb on the black keys or on accidentals, yes. I think you're right, Osha, because uh, simply of this fact that Bach uses many more accidentals. I know, and to know the, the, the more accidentals you have, the more you have to, you know, to... To use things like thumb under or you no know, thumb on the accidentals and all kind of tricks and you know you sort of what 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 um, Monty is talking in his question he wants to get from us some sort of a system but I don't think that there is like concrete system that you can apply to any given piece of music. Because each music, even by G.S. Bach, is so unique that sometimes you have to, you know, to have unique solutions. And uh, I fully agree with you. I just want to add that, uh, of course, I'm talking about Bach because that's what uh, Monty is interested in um, when talking about early music. Um, the only thing that I wouldn't do with Bach uh, in comparison to real modern music or romantic music is uh, probably a finger 
substitution and glissando. Yes, you that's, could, that's definitely... You could get away without that. Sure, sure. You wouldn't want to do that in Bach's Even music. when you have two voices in each hand, you could still play without uh, finger substitution, I think. In most cases, but there are exceptions. There are exceptions, even in Bach. So, uh, remember, we could uh, each talk a little bit about our experience with playing uh, E-flat major, prelude and fugue, uh, because you are uh, practicing it currently for the upcoming uh, Bach birthday recital, and I, this morning, uh, actually uh, recorded a video uh, with the camera pointing right above my hands so that uh, my transcribers uh, could uh, transcribe fingering and pedaling from this video played at the very slow practice tempo and uh, probably the score of E-flat major prelude and fugue by Bach BWV 552 will soon be available for you if you want to uh, master this piece without much uh, frustration in figuring out your own fingering, right? So, Osha, uh, do you use uh, a lot of thumbs on, on sharps and flats? Let's say flats because it's E flat major. Sure. Not a lot, but I use some definitely, yes. You cannot avoid that, especially when texture is so thick. If you would think about the first fugue, for example, there are two lines that are just killing me in that fugue. The ending of it and then, you know, the ending of the first first half of it. It's really very complex and sometimes I, I just feel that I'm, you know, playing with both my hands fully with all my fingers at the same time because of the thick texture. Don't you get that feeling? Absolutely, it's a five-part texture, sure. right? And I can guarantee, if you wrote down your fingering, or if somebody recorded you play this piece from above, right? And if our transcribers would transcribe your own fingering and compare it to my own fingering, it would not necessarily coincide, right? Yes, but... And but pedaling choices also might be different. Well, I think on pedal we would agree more than on the fingering, probably. But with fingering it's very individual, because uh, the hand uh, layout for each person is a little bit different, right? Um, and the span of the palm is different for each person. You can, I don't know, can you reach a tenth? Some of the tenths I can reach with my left hand, not with my right hand. Right. <clears throat> so, there are people who can hardly reach an octave. I know. So, then they have to figure out uh, some other ways uh, to, uh, to play those uh, middle voices. Maybe they sometimes migrate from hand to hand. Yes, and for example, uh, you know, composers like Cesar Frank, he has such a wide hand. I was, you know, I was already, all, I almost forgot about it, but recently I started to play, you know, sort of uh, the second chorale in B minor, 
Spice as a friend, which is probably my most favorite piece written by him. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of I remember it, how you know how wide some of the intervals are. And if you have that Dover publication of, of his complete organ works, it has that you know picture of him. The fam- famous yes. painting. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you can see how wide his hands are. And in pieces like uh, first chorale in E major and in his prayer and his second chorale in B minor, those intervals are just enormous. You know, you have to, I don't know, to do tenths with your one hand at least. It might be not a painting but an early photograph. I think. Could be, could mm-hmm. be, yes. Yeah, the, so going back to the, let's say, example of Bach's uh, BWV 552, uh, th- we have talked about uh, importance of placing the thumb on the flat keys. Of course, uh, sometimes even in this advanced three flat key, you have intense instances when you could play with early fingering. Let's say if you have uh, let's say parallel intervals of uh, thirds or six you could easily play thirds with two four two four two four if they're not too fast or the six could be played with five one five one five one five don't you think Osha? yes there are places like this but of course another thing this is very important when practicing this piece or you know any other back pieces that has to know multiple voices, that you have to know which hand is playing which line. Because it would be very easy, like, that's why I like trio sonatas so much, that you have single voice for each hand and one voice in the pedal. And you always know that it's that way throughout the piece. But in piece like E flat major, prelude and fugue, you know, Sometimes you have to pick up a line from bass line and play it with your right hand, and sometimes you have to pick up some 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 music from the uh, treble clef and play with your left hand, and it's very important, you know, to mark in your score those particular spots before before you know writing down any fingering. Mm-hmm. So, so when you write down fingering. Uh, for yourself, do you uh, notate uh, divisions of the hand for the entire piece or you go page by page? Well, I do it for the entire piece because it's very important. I have a different uh, method because I'm very lazy. I tend to uh, have a short attention span and I only can uh, focus at uh, one page uh, at a time. So, uh, when looking at one page, at first I divide uh, the hands, uh, look at the places where my middle voice can migrate from hand to hand, notate it with pencil, or uh, if I'm doing this on the computer, I, I do this directly. On the computer and only then I would uh, add fingering uh, right 
for that particular page I don't go to the next page right away so uh, Osha do you think that uh, this system is better than yours or not I don't know it just depends on what your character is on how long can you stay focused I think the result will be probably the same of course it's <laughs> so still you will need uh, fingering right you will complete the fingering whether you are working for one page at a time or entire piece yes and for doing this you know division thing you have to side read the piece at the beginning with your both hands we often talk during our you know, podcasts that you have to learn things in combination don't start to play everything together you know, right at the beginning but you have to side read a piece first with your both hands and probably both feet and it doesn't matter that you know you may play half of the notes wrong but that way you will get you know the understanding where you will have to divi- divide between your hands uh, and after that you can write down correct fingering well actually if you make too many mistakes then it might mean that this piece is too difficult for you well, at the moment. yes that's true because when you side read the piece through it gives you sort of understanding how long will it take for you to learn it you know to the final final stage uh, what do you mean, Osha? Do you have a system of precise system of calculating the number of repetitions? Well, no, but I sort of have a right intuition for things like this. Let me say that I have a system uh, that might work for you and it might not work for you or other people, but it works sometimes for me. Uh, whenever I play the piece, and I sight read it at the concert tempo, concert tempo, and I make mistakes, uh, I have to record myself and then uh, play back that recording and mark uh, the mistakes on the score. And then I will count those mistakes and uh, that will tell me how many repetitions do I need to play because with each repetition I usually uh, master one mistake. Would, is this realistic enough, Osha? <laughs> well, you know... Well, yes and no, because mistakes are different. Sometimes you can just hit a wrong note, but sometimes there can, might be real technical difficulty that you need to know many repetitions to overcome. So that, But I mean, uh, of course, you have to say treat it at the concert tempo while recording yourself and counting mistakes. Is it possible to sight read each piece in a recital tempo? Uh, Everything is possible, but the result will not be something you want to hear, of course. Yes, try, for example, one of Rieger's fantasies, Choral fantasies, and look how it works. Or, for example, fantasy on BCH. And play it in a concert tempo. Good luck with that. We have fun. <laughs> that simply means probably that you, you will need to to have uh, many hundreds of repetitions. That's true. It's all about numbers, guys. And math is our best friend. Thanks for listening. Um, 
and remember to send us more of your questions. We love helping you grow. This was Vidas. And Osha. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.